0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. It was Christmas morning. I think I was around eight, nine years old. I had waited and waited in my bed waiting until I heard noise out in the living room because my parents had made it clear that if we were to walk out in the living room before they were awake, we would have to wait even longer. So we waited. And then we heard the movement. And we quickly went out, and there, lo and behold, underneath the Christmas tree were all those gifts from Santa Claus. I had always asked Santa for one special gift. Reality is, sometime I got it, sometime I didn't. But on this particular Christmas morning, I waited. Because towards the back of the Christmas tree, there was this large box wrapped in Christmas paper What I had asked for would have fit perfectly in that box. So, as my dad distributed the gifts, I was waiting and anticipating would that be mine or would it go to my brother or my sister? And then, when there were only three gifts left, my oldest sister received hers. The big box was still there. Then my brother, I don't know why my dad, I I don't know. But my older brother, my dad walked to that big box and my heart sank. And I thought, I'm not going to get it. And then at the last moment, my dad shifted, he pivoted and he picked up the box next the pre- christmas present next to it and he took it to my brother there was only one christmas present remaining and there was only one little boy who believed that it was his then my dad picked up that present and he brought it to me and I began to unwrap it. And as soon as enough paper had disappeared and I could read on the box, I realized I had gotten that gift from Santa. And I, I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. There were so many different emotions coursing through me. I didn't know what to... And I just sat there in silence. Words could not capture what I was feeling at that moment. Fast forward to when I was the parent, and two little girls were waiting in front of the Christmas tree And the feeling that I got inside when I was able to watch them open that gift from Santa and just watch them sit there in stunning amazement, again, silence. Because at that very moment, no words could capture what they were feeling inside of themselves. That truly was just as great, perhaps even more so, than when I was that little boy and opening that present. This week, it was my privilege to visit some of the members of Church of Beatitudes over at Beatitudes campus. And while I was there, we were all seated around a table, And I asked them a question. Share with me a fond memory of what Church of the Beatitudes on Christmas Eve meant for you. And the thing that I picked up over and over, that in the midst of this service, They experience two things the familiar and silence. And I realize those two go together. Because sometimes, in the midst of the familiar, we are caught up into the awe of the moment, and no words can capture what we are feeling. This last week, in preparing for this evening, I had the same experience. A feeling of being exposed to the familiar, and also a sense of awe and silence. The familiar was the title of the carol that I was going to research. Hark, the herald angels sing. I sung that carol many a times growing up as a child. And then they messed with it. Perhaps you caught it on the screen. Words that did not resonate with me. Those weren't the words I grew up singing. Someone changed them. And they took the familiar and they made it unfamiliar. And then I realized that we've been changing words to the carols of songs for literally centuries. I asked Dan to sing for us the original words to the first verse. But before he does that, I want you to look up on the screen, and you're going to see a picture that was taken from one of the original hymnals in which this hymn appeared. It was written by Charles Wesley. Originally, there were ten stanzas, four lines, that's it, just four lines per stanza, Few decades went by, and someone came along and changed Charles Wesley's words, and he was not happy. But if we really want to sing the original Hark the Herald Angel sing, the first stanza sounds like this. Hark the Herald Angel. <clears throat> I'm sorry. You got <laughs> you, you went back change. to the old one. Hark, how all the welkin rings, glory to the King of kings, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That was it. The first stanza. When I saw that, I I was speechless. Because what in the world is a welkin? Hark. Now, I knew hark. That's like, pay attention. Hark how all the welkin rings. Man, I'm glad they changed the words. Until... I investigated a little bit further. And in the early 18th century, the word welkin was used to describe the highest realm in the universe. In the 18th century, before the Enlightenment had taken place, they still believed that our universe had three different tiers to it. There was the highest tier, the welkin. And it is here that the deities resided. It is there that the gods and the supreme beings resided. The lowest realm, the lowest tier was our natural earth. It's where people are born and people die where people celebrate and they mourn. It's where the world goes through its regular cycles of nature. So the highest tier was the Welkin. The lowest tier is our earth as we experience it. And in the middle realm... And perhaps that sounds familiar to some of you who have watched or read Lord of the Rings. It is in the Middle Earth, the middle realm, that the devils and the angels and the spirits reside. And they are the ones who are the interceding between the upper realm and the earth. They are the ones who have influence for good or evil on the earth. So when Charles Wesley wrote this original hymn, he chose on purpose to say, Hark! How all the welkin rings! Glory to the King of Kings! Peace on earth and mercy mild! God and sinners reconciled! Charles Wesley believed there was no need for Middle Earth. There would be a direct link between the highest realm, the Welkin realm, and the Earth itself. No more intercessory. No more demons, angels, spirits. God and humanity would be connected with each other. And in the fourth stanza of Charles Wesley's original writing, you'll see the words on the board, I mean on the screen. Listen listen to them. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hell, the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to appear, Jesus... Are Emmanuel, here. When you unpack it, it is full of meaning. That the Godhead can be seen in flesh. The incarnation, the deity taking on human form. Jesus, Emmanuel, that God is with us. no need for a middle realm anymore. God will bypass that. And there will be a connection between the divine and the human. No more will there be a division between the sacred and the secular. Rather, this picture of God that Charles Wesley gives us is one where the deity and humanity are wedded together, no longer to be separated. They are one. That is why in this service, and thank you very much, I asked them that we would sing sacred songs and secular songs to show us again that there is no separation. That which we tend to say is secular is really sacred, and what we see in sacred is truly secular. Because what we've done is we've divided and we've compartmentalized our world. So Sunday is sacred, except Sunday afternoon when there's football. But what Charles Wesley, what the early followers of Jesus were trying to tell us, is that the image of God is not one where this God is, is separate from us and somehow way out there and occasionally infiltrates into our world. But the deity, that God and humanity are one. And in the life of Jesus, his followers looked at them and said, if God was ever to appear for us, that's what it looks like. Unfortunately, and fortunately, I'm getting older. And in aging, perhaps I've gained a little bit of wisdom. For a long time, God was very familiar to me. God is this, God is that. I could tell you what God wanted, what God believed. As a minister, that's what they paid me to do. Like an angel, I that guy's good. And what I realized over time is that the familiar had become too familiar. And what I found again was that when I came to talk about God, more and more, I became speechless. And so when it came to talking about God, I was quiet. But if I were to say anything about God, I would want to say what Charles Wesley did. I want an image of God where the divine and humanity are wedded together, are connected together, are so intertwined, you can't separate them. And tonight, we celebrate this. And one of the ways we can celebrate this is by once again hearing the familiar. And perhaps in the familiar, you will once again find the awe around God. And you too will experience silence. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at... BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving Beatitudes Radio empowering people to enrich society